We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane. The Lakers get the win against the Charlotte Hornets, a blowout win that saw the Lakers pull away in the third quarter, so much so that LeBron James, Anthony Davis, didn't even need to play in the fourth. That's the kind of win that we like. Kick back, relax, and cruise to a victory. We're going to break down the win, so if you're joining me from YouTube, from Facebook, from X, Welcome in. We'll be taking your questions and comments throughout the night. Joining me is Jeff Spiegel, usually doing duty over on the Dodger Blue side of things. Hopping in today, filling in for Sean Davis, who is out right now. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Comfortable Lakers victory. First quarter <laughs> felt a little dicey there. Heavy favorites, not playing like it, but righted the ship halfway through the second quarter. And as you said, smooth sailing from there. Yeah, it was, was great to see the Lakers, as you say, right the ship and get the win that they needed and do it in a stress-free way. What they were, I believe they were only up one at halftime, and it yeah. was a bit of a it was a bit of an adventure to get there as well. They were down what five or six, maybe seven at one point, and then were able to come back, get a one-point lead at halftime, and then just blew it open in the third quarter. The Lakers winning the third, uh 41 to 23, then dropping 34 points. In the fourth, so 75 yeah. points in, in in a half, essentially two quarters for the Lakers to close out this game and just run away with the win. We've got plenty to talk about, plenty of questions and comments coming in, but let's start here. Anthony Davis, 26 points, eight boards, two assists, two steals, four blocks, only had to play 26 minutes. So that's a point per minute for Anthony Davis. I think pretty clearly he is the superstar of the night in this one. Yeah, I agree with you uh, for sure on that one. I mean, it clearly the Lakers, obviously we're going to talk about the lineup that the Lakers opt to go to, to start this one. And the plan was Anthony Davis and LeBron James, two man game, everybody else get out of the way. And we're going to try and make it work offensively. And um, Anthony Davis made it work on his own, honestly played a really good game. I mean, it was one of those that didn't necessarily jump off the page, but you look at the box score three quarters, Nothing to complain about from Anthony Davis today and, and took the load off LeBron. LeBron didn't need to sort of get hyper aggressive or put an unneeded uh, 
burden on himself tonight, which was uh, which was a positive as well. Yeah, it's funny. You know, 17 and 11 for LeBron, 17 uh, points and 11 assists. And that's just kind of an easy game for him. That's a fantastic game for most players in the NBA. But 17 and 11 for LeBron. Didn't have to exert himself too much. 7 for 13 shooting, 2 of 5. I guess we should make it official, though. Superstar of the night, Anthony Davis. Here you go. Superstar of the night. All right, let's talk a little bit about that starting lineup. So the Lakers ran no, no Cam Reddish. I thought when the news was out that it was not going to be Cam Reddish, that uh, that he was going to be out for this game, been dealing with it, that groin soreness. I thought, okay, well, this is your opportunity. Bump Austin Reeves into the starting lineup, go more traditional with a guard on the floor. I heard about 15 minutes before the, the lineups were announced, I heard a little rumor that got floated to me that it was going to be Rui Hachimura, and I couldn't believe it. But nonetheless, it was indeed Rui Hachimura. LeBron James, Jared Vanderbilt, Rui Hachimura, Torian Prince, and Anthony Davis. Once again, Darvin Ham, the guy who was criticized last season for playing too many guards, has decided he's not going to have any guards yeah. in his starting lineup. Uh, what did you think about the about that unit? All wings and Anthony Davis out there on the floor in the Lakers starting five. It's tough because, I mean, I think they broke up that unit within like six minutes of them being on the floor. So it's such a small sample size, but I mean, Charlotte didn't have any issue scoring for those first six minutes. So you put this lineup out there thinking, well, at least we're going to get defense and we hope we can make it work offensively. They didn't get defense. Charlotte scored 31 points in the first quarter and a large chunk of that was in that first half of the first quarter. Again, the plan offensively was was clearly it's we're not going to try and play team basketball with those five on the floor. It's put three of them on one side and Anthony and Anthony Davis, LeBron James go to work. So it's really hard to evaluate in such a small sample size. But I will say, like you, my initial reaction is a head scratcher. Yeah, it's um, I thought we saw some of the shortcomings of that lineup. I thought uh, especially if that if that lineup is not getting stops. Yeah. Then exactly. then there's real concerns. And they and they weren't to start out the game. Yeah. You know, the Hornets came out and were scoring uh pretty easily. In fact, the Hornets finished the game shooting 46% from three, but the Hornets had had uh 31 points at the end of the first. They dropped 31 on the Lakers, and that's with that starting five playing what the first five plus minutes of that quarter. Um yeah. I, I still think these are all good defensive players, and obviously Cam Reddish was missing out of that group, so that's that's part of it. But if that group isn't getting stops, then what's the what's the point? Yeah, no, I'm looking. So the Lakers made subs at the 6:56 mark of the first quarter, um, and it was 15 to 13 Charlotte at that point. So in the first five minutes, they gave up 15 points. Uh, you know, again, I, I, it's hard. It's a head scratcher to me. I, I can't mm -hmm. justify it. What's crazy to me, though, Trevor, is not just that we saw it tonight. It's that like option one was Cam Reddish in and option two is Rui Hachimura. Like Austin Reeves being in the starting lineup is not option one or two, apparently for this bizarro lineup that, that Darvin Ham is going to, he is really, really committed to the big man lineup to all the wings. And it's funny because I I've been so excited about all the wings the Lakers have had this year, but um, to me it's, it's overkill. But again, we'll see if this works out, and somehow the defense clicks and this just becomes a defensive juggernaut of a of a starting five. Okay, then all credit yeah. to Darvin Ham, but I'm gonna believe that when I see it. All right, let me get into some of our, our chat questions here. Do appreciate all you guys who are coming in. Um, 
Tyler said, always good to blow out a poverty franchise. Good win. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's really where you have to land at this. It's not like this is evidence that everything is fixed and now the Lakers are an unstoppable force or something like that. But it's also better to blow out a team like this than to be in a close game or even worse, to lose this game. Yeah. Um, again, I don't, this isn't the same as like, say you go blow out Boston or something. Like, obviously that's a big deal, right? That's that's a statement type game. This is not that, but I'll take it. This is the best case scenario for, for this game for sure. Yeah, and, and I think the way they did it makes you feel pretty good. That Some of the guys that we're going to talk about in a little bit, as far as mm -hmm. that had, um, you know, stepped up four guys off the bench, double figures. Obviously, that's a little misleading considering the bench played the entirety of the fourth quarter. But I just felt like some of the guys they got contributions from give me optimism, give me hope that maybe some of the things, some of the frustrations we've seen in the first 30 games of the season that even internally, there might be some options or even solutions that that maybe haven't been tapped yet or haven't stepped up to the plate quite yet. Uh, speaking of which good guy said, why does ham make players rot away on the bench? Even when Braun AD are hurt or tired, Lonnie Wood, he's talking last year for Lonnie Walker Wood and max, for example, and then asked what playoff seed do we get? Yeah. I thought the two guys who really impressed me the most, this game were guys that have not been part of the rotation. And I'm talking about just positive surprise type players, Christian Wood and max Christie. I thought both were fantastic. Christian Wood, three of four shooting three of three from three, five boards, four assists, nine points, a plus 19 on the night. And then Max Christie, three of four shooting, two of three from three, seven boards, three assists, one steal, two blocks, 10 points, uh, plus 18. And I thought Max Christie was making plays that looked yeah. beyond his years. I thought he looked yeah. very collected, very calm. He was doing everything he needed to do out there on the floor. Again, this is not against a top-tier club. But still, two guys that have essentially been banished to the bench they get their first opportunity, and you can't help but say, well, where, where was this a week ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, Christy, I think, of the two, jumps out to me even more. I mean, Christian Wood, we kind of know, even though it hasn't been there quite we this season, we know the offense exists. With him, the issue tends to be more on the defensive end, whereas Max Christie, you kind of look and you say, well, we can get defense from him from day one. It's just, will the offense mm -hmm. ever come along? But I kind of joke to you, like, if Darvin Ham is so committed – to putting LeBron and AD and three defensive wing types on the floor. Maybe Max Christie is a guy who can sneak into that lineup because he, he just feels like he gives you a different dimension offensively than Torian Prince, Rui Hachimura, Jared Vanderbilt, you know, Cam Reddish types do. And so I'm not expecting that, but it's just it, the thought occurred to me like, man, if they're really this committed to not playing a point guard in the starting lineup, could a guy like Max Christie string together three or four performances like this and, and maybe earn his way into some more minutes um, under Darvin ham, just something to keep an eye on. But Christy, to your point, it was the box score and all the stuff that didn't show up in the box score as well. Yeah. I thought he did a great job on the glass. I thought he looked very confident. He looked very comfortable. Once again, that probably changes against different competition, totally. but it was still good to see this performance out of Max Christie because this is, you know what this right now, the Lakers fan base and most fan bases around the NBA they're looking ahead of that trade deadline, February 8th, trade deadline's coming up. And so I'm getting every day, I'm getting tons of trades. What do you yeah. think about this? What do you think about that? And more often than not, it's Max Christie. That's a throw in. It's Jalen Huchapino. That's a throw in. It's, you know, Gabe Vincent, who obviously is hurt. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, players like that. But 
it, it's a good reminder of why the Lakers believed in Max Christie, why they moved in, into the draft to get him because they believed he would have that 3 and D skill set as his base and he would be able to build off that. And I think that games like this are a reminder because not every game is going to be like this. He had a stretch yeah. where uh, he was not playing very well. But again, we have to remember, he's still very, very young. And games like this just show you what he ultimately can be into the future and why I think you got to be careful with using yeah. him as a throw-in in a, in a trade. Can I ask, like, who if who on the Lakers bench that maybe is part of the rotation do you think would would be the most threatened for minutes if Max Christie were able to to kind of inch his way up? Is it a Jared Vanderbilt? I mean, I was going to say Cam Reddish, but he was in the starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, Cam Reddish plays the same position, so that's yeah. who I think that's who I naturally would go to would be Cam. Um, but yeah, other than that, maybe it's a Jared Van, but somebody else that could fill that defensive role. Yeah. But that that's probably what we'd be looking at now. If Gabe Vincent was healthy, maybe he'd be the guy. But yeah. you know, we haven't we basically haven't seen him this season because yeah. he's been out all but uh, all but five games. Uh, all right, Shay Jordan said Austin Reeves is silky. Masterlock the refs for Anthony Davis's tech. Let that man dunk. You didn't like that. Yeah. He dunks. He kind of stared down Nick Richards, but not really. And the yeah. referees called attack on it. Like, of and of all people, like Anthony Davis is the guy who gets criticized for maybe not showing enough emotion for not getting fired up enough. Yeah. And and so for of all people, for Anthony Davis to get attacked for showing that kind of emotion, um, yeah. a little bit frustrating. A little frustrating for sure. The NBA has me brainwashed because as soon as it happened, I was like, gosh, dang it. He's going to get teed up. You can't, you can't look <laughs> in a guy's direction. You can't scream in a guy's direction. AD did both of them. Did he extend it probably a half second too long? Probably. But the guy got put on a poster. He deserved to be screamed at. He didn't take offense to it. Just let him play. Move on. Yeah. That I, I'll tell you what, I will, I will be okay with that tech. If we can get rid of the hanging on the rim technical foul. Because they are so quick on the trigger on that that more often than not, it's guys trying to protect themselves yeah. from you know from crashing to the floor, uh, and they're getting texts for hanging on the rim for that. They're not like trying to show off or anything. But yes, the the NBA probably have gone a little bit too far with the with the no fun rules here. Um, all right, let's get to this one. Koa said, "If only we had a young athletic guard who can defend, rebound, and shoot, and also a center." who can shoot the three and rebound. Oh, wait. <laughs> he said, also, what kind of idiot runs zero guard lineups and three guards in the yeah. same quarter? That's a great question. Um, so, obviously, young athletic guard who can defend, rebound, and shoot. Hello, Max Christie. A center who can shoot the three and rebound, Christian Wood. I mean, those are things that we've been asking for, right? Yep. Um, but also a good point. Darvin Ham ran... A yeah. no guard starting lineup, and then ran three guards in a lineup as well, one one right after another. Why 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 are we why why do we live in these extremes? Right. Why can't we just mix and match? We've got like all defense lineups, all offense lineups. Yeah, mix and match this. It it, it blows me away. Well, and against the team we kind of talked about during the watch along against the team with Terry Rozier at point guard. So you're playing a team whose second best player by a pretty wide margin is their point guard. So like if you were ever going to prepare yourself to be able to match up that way, like it felt like there are nights where playing a bunch of wings, you could probably justify it. Just tonight didn't feel like that night. And then to that point to go from zero to three like that, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell. And was it Max Christie who came in with them? I mean, it yep. was like 
so bizarre to go from zero to three and waffling in between. I mean, I, I don't know. I have no explanation for it. It's uh, it's very odd, and I don't, I don't know. I think it, obviously tonight's not that night. At some point, I think right. it's going to burn the Lakers, but um, but tonight was not that night, uh, which is good. I don't want it to. I don't want that to happen for right. sure. Uh, Mission eighty six, bad team or not, I'll take them all. Now again, yeah. If only it, it feels like the Lakers have a difficult matchup on their books uh, more nights than than not. Yeah. So these games, you kind of have to enjoy these games against the Hornets of the world. It's part of why the loss to the Spurs a few weeks ago is, is so frustrating. You don't get this many. If, case in point, day after tomorrow, the Lakers have got to go to Minnesota again on the road. Feels like they've been on the road the entire month of December. And then back to back, you got to go play in New Orleans. That's rough. Um, yeah. So you got to take these wins, put them in the bank, and make sure you enjoy them on your way. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, you mentioned it. It feels good to win a game like this, but then knowing that, you know, you're going straight to at Minnesota, it's, you know, you flush this one pretty quickly because you realize you've got a big, a, a different caliber of team awaiting you the next time you take the little, court. Just a little bit different going from Charlotte to Minnesota. All right, let's get to this. Let's get to our second award of the night, and that is the star in your role. Chat fired off. Who do you think stepped up the most? in their role for the Lakers tonight. Star in your role. Again, the star in your role award. Who stepped up for the Lakers in this one and stepped into their role? Jeff, uh, who do you have for this one? I mean, part of me wants to go with the entire bench. You mentioned it from the get-go. I think the most important thing outside of just the win itself was getting LeBron James and Anthony Davis off the floor and not needing to play a single minute in the fourth quarter. So there was that bizarro unit that was Rui and Max Christie and Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell that took this from a 10 point lead to a 27 point lead pretty quickly. So, you know, we talked about a couple of the individuals earlier, but I'll start with just that, that whole bench unit that I think gave the Lakers depth on a night when catching a few extra breathers for your stars is uh, exactly what you needed. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, I've got a lot of people going with Rui Hachimura, and I think that's ultimately where I'm going to land. Rui, plus 34 on the night, four boards, 7 of 12 shooting, and that's exactly what you want from him. 17 points, that's what you want out of Rui Hachimura. And I thought we saw a little bit of the physicality back in his game where he was taking mm -hmm. contact and he was uh, and he was able to get some and ones and things of that nature. It was nice to see Rui Hachimura because I think he's been a little bit passive lately, yeah. probably because his face hurts because he's got a broken <laughs> nose and he's wearing this mask. So I understand it. This is one of the first games that we've seen Rui really being his physical self, using that that 6'8", 230-plus yeah. frame that he's got to his advantage. So that was great to see. I agree with you, Jeff, by the way. I think that, that the entire bench deserves a shout-out. But since you took that, I'll go with Rui. But you know what? A lot of the chat is also mentioning somebody that I think we look at this game. We're going to talk about Austin. We're going to talk about the ridiculous moves that he pulled off. We're going to talk about Christian Wood. We're going to talk about Max Christie because those guys are kind of the new hotness, right? The guys yeah. who have been not part of the rotation. Now they're back in. D'Angelo Russell, though, yeah, easily overlooked, but 29 minutes, 5 of 10 shooting, 4 of 7 from deep, 16 points, just one turnover, and 9 assists. Yeah. 
for a guy who's been slumping lately, slumping so bad he got moved out of the starting lineup, that's a really nice night's work from D'Angelo Russell. In a weird way, kind of a quintessential D'Angelo Russell night, because to your point, you almost don't notice it until you look at the box score. I mean, the threes were noticeable. Look, we were doing the watch along. There were a couple of moments that I was especially critical of the energy defensive assignments. I think that's just kind yes. of what you get with the D'Angelo Russell experience. And that doesn't show up in the box score. But we talked about how much this team struggled in the first half. And I have to give D'Angelo Russell credit because he had two or three of his triples in the first half that kept this game within striking distance long enough for the Lakers to eventually pull away. So I think it's a totally fair point. To, you said it, 16 points, nine assists, one turnover. Like, say no more, D'Angelo Russell off the bench. That's a huge contribution from a guy that the Lakers needed in the first half. Now, there are some things that don't show up on the box score that were not so great. I mean, you pointed about during the game, there were some blown box outs and things like some defensive yeah. assignments where he just got, you know, he was essentially stuck in the mud, just got blown past. Uh, but nonetheless, overall, this was a, a pretty good D'Angelo Russell performance because you know that you're going to get uh, get all of those things from him. Um, all right, let's get into this one. Luckily, we had a hot shooting game in the first half, or it would have been a dogfight, but Ham is on the hot seat. I'm tired of always needing trades to save us rather than having a good coach. Uh, he needs to step up. I Like, they, they did shoot well, right? Fifty. The Lakers shot 50% from three, 54% from the field. The Lakers, by the way, over the last 10 games, they're sixth in three-point percentage. Never yeah. would have guessed that from this team. Um, they, the three has really come around other parts of the game have not only 14 free throws compared to 28 for the Hornets. That's an area that has dropped off significantly. The Lakers are no longer getting the line, uh, over this, this recent stretch. So that's certainly something to keep an eye on, but I don't know, like coming off of this game, I still don't like the rotation. I still don't like the starting five. I don't like the all offense units and the all defense units and not as much mixing and messing and all that sort of stuff. But I can't be overly critical in a game that they won by 21 points. Yeah. It, it, that, that's the thing, right? Like this new lineup experiment has been going on for three games now. And two of the three have resulted in Lakers victories. Um, they beat Oklahoma City. Uh, they beat Charlotte. They lose to Boston. And the Boston game, obviously, probably not as close as the final score makes it appear. So how you evaluate a lineup and, and that kind of thing is really tricky in these situations. But um, I'm with you. I mean, like without in the absence of evidence and track record and sample size, you kind of just have to make guesses and opinions and present what you think. And you and I are aligned. Like this lineup doesn't make sense to me. And I, I think I know what they're trying to do again, offensively, LeBron James point guard, Anthony Davis in the post two man game and hope that the guys patch it together on defense. But something that came up a couple times, Trevor, during the live stream was that these guys just, when you throw these lineups together on the fly, these guys don't play together all that often. You mentioned they went yeah. and practiced, practiced yesterday in part because, you know, some of these guys aren't used to sharing the floor, like Torian Prince, Rui Hachimura and Jared Vanderbilt. How many times have those guys played in the same grouping together? Not all that often. And so to expect them to be cohesive as a defensive unit, to expect them to be fluid as an offensive unit, that's the piece to me that like on top of how little sense it seems to make, even if everything is functioning perfectly, I think that's the piece that I just, you, you see it and how disjointed the game looks at times. 
Yeah. Yeah. You definitely do. I think you're, you're hundred percent right. Um, there's not, and, and maybe that's something on the side of this could work, right? You can yeah. give them, you know, it takes time for them to develop that chemistry and everything. And, and I think that's certainly a factor here, but nonetheless, I, I still, I'm not a big fan of, of the starting lineup overall. Yeah. Uh, they did finally get to practice together. And there's there is going to be that disjointed effect though when you're throwing together these new, especially when beyond just hey I'm not used to playing with these guys. How many of these guys are used to playing with no guard on the floor? Completely. Like oh, in their in their whole basketball career, <laughs> right? Doesn't happen very often. Doesn't happen well, and, very often. So and, that, and the, that's not easy to think about the trickle down too, because when there's no guard on the floor, there's even less spacing, and so you yeah. know v Vanderbilt is is used to having space like Torian Prince is used to being left alone, but that's not going to happen in these lineups where there's so few offensive threats. So few guys that threaten you both getting to the basket or as a spot up shooter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Menace said is point guard Braun officially back and will he stay? I I hope not. Cause that, that was part of that's look, that's why if we go back far enough, that's why the Lakers went and got Dennis Schroeder initially. That's why they yeah. got Russell Westbrook. That's why they brought back Dennis Schroeder. Uh, it's why D'Angelo Russell was part of a tree. You know, I mean, they don't want LeBron to have to handle the ball all the time. And LeBron doesn't want to have to handle the ball all the time and run yeah. the offense. I mean, good Lord, Jeff, there was, there was a play the Lakers ran uh, in the third where Jared Vanderbilt was the initiator getting yep. the offensive set started. Um, that's, that's not the situation LeBron wants to be in, you know, where he's got to run everything. They did it in 2020 and it worked. I don't think, you know, LeBron turns 39 in like 36 hours here. I, I don't, I, I don't think that's what he always wants to do. And that's, that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Not even 36, like 24 hours. He's going to officially be turning, but, um, that's, I, I don't think you want LeBron to have to initiate the offense every single time down the floor. I think you're going to get a a LeBron whose gas tank is on empty come playoff time if that's what you do. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, Darvin Ham keeps throwing these lineups out there that give give them no choice but for uh, point guard LeBron back to be back. I mean, you mentioned it. That Vanderbilt brought the ball up once. There's a play where Christian Wood took the inbounds pass after a mm -hmm. made basket, and I was like, "What are we doing here? Like, what are we doing here?" So. I mean, the thing is, is they have like the Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, they have guys that can do it. They're just choosing to deploy them in a way that is, is forcing LeBron's hand here. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see once the sample size grows, whether or not this works. But the Lakers have been pretty fortunate from a health perspective with their stars, LeBron and Anthony Davis. And so to, to unnecessarily add extra mileage to that feels you know, like something that you hope doesn't come back to bite you later on. Yeah. Uh, worlds colliding here. Mixmaster Mike says, uh, and by the way, guys, for those of you who don't know, Jeff uh, helps run uh, Dodger Blue. If you can find uh, Dodger heads over on the Dodger Blue YouTube channel, they're a sister site. They do a fantastic job over there. But Mixmaster Mike said, if Darvin Ham was the manager for the Dodgers, Yamamoto would be a mop-up duty relief pitcher. Yeah, I saw another one that was Otani would be a pinch hitter, but uh, yeah, yeah, I like, <laughs> I like the crossover sports references there. Oh man, the Dodgers are going to be a lot of fun this year. I sure hope anyway. That's true. I sure hope. Uh, Kevin Smith. And we're not, said, you know, over on the Dodgers side, we're not familiar at all to coaching contra controversy or criticism no, at all. So it's like, not at all. I, it's maybe just an LA thing. We, we love having coaches that we don't love, you know? No, but you know, I think it's a sports thing. 
It's yeah, like how sure. many teams right now, how many fan bases right now don't complain about their coach? Yeah, not a lot. Like, not like everybody does. And there's yeah. even there's Heat fans that complain about Eric Spolster, and he's widely seen as the best coach in the league. So yeah, it's 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 a, it's a sports thing. But yes, you guys have dealt with it too. <laughs> you guys have dealt with it too. Dave Roberts, beyond reproach, beyond reproach. Uh, trade. This one says Kevin Smith says trade alert. Uh, Phoenix gets D'Lo, Rui, Torian Prince, <laughs> Max Christie, a 2029 unprotected, and a 2023 swap. And the Lakers get KD. It's not happening unless KD asks out, but would you still do it? I don't think it's happening even if KD asks out. Yeah, there's no chance. Um, but if that, if that was available, yes, you do that in a second. Yeah. That's- yeah, it's... I mean, you're not even including Austin Reeves in there and making us right. think about it a little bit more, you know? So, yeah, I think the I think the headline is it's not happening, but, hey, it's always fun to play with the trade machine. And, look, KD is not happy because people are not happy when, you, when you're losing games. And Phoenix has been struggling. Uh, but the word that broke today was that Bradley Beal, he's back. Uh, he's, he's back early. And we'll see what that team can do with their with their big three going. But, but yeah, I, I don't think – first of all, I don't think the Suns are going to trade Kevin Durant, but – at least not right now. Uh, Ree said, do you think AD could win MVP this season and hope LeBron plays the back-to-back this weekend? How much celebrating, let's call it, does LeBron do for his birthday in Minnesota? Maybe it's a it's a good thing he's in Minnesota on his birthday because it's going to be yeah. freezing. Cold outside. What are you gonna, what, how much trouble can it... Maybe this is... I'm asking for trouble here, I guess, right? <laughs> Um, I'm jinxing it. How much trouble can you get in in Minnesota in almost January? I don't I know. I mean, the beauty, but, the beauty, the beauty is these guys have enough money where they can stay out of sight and out of mind, and you know they don't need to be mixing it up with the uh, with the locals there in Minneapolis. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, you know, I, I will say, you know, back to back. Do we get a do we get a mysterious DNP? For uh, you know, he gets listed as questionable pretty much every night. It feels like for yeah. the Lakers, but do we get a, a DNP in New Orleans the night after? If it, if they do, I hope they just list him DNP birthday. Yeah, hung you know, over. just just be real because everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows. One um, too many bottles of wine last night. Yeah, one too many. Yeah, uh, and then think AD could win MVP. Uh, no, based on where things are at currently, I think the Lakers would have to rise in the standings. Yeah. In order for Anthony Davis to get real MVP, and they would have to have some big, like loud statement wins as well, uh, in order for him to. Now, I do think that if he can play the 65 games, yeah. that the defensive player of the year could very well be in play for Anthony Davis. But right now, the Lakers sitting in the eight seed. I think just to throw a number out there, Jeff, I think they need to climb to, I would say, at least the five, if not the four, as the minimum for Anthony Davis to get in the mix for MVP. Yeah, that was my, I went to look at sort of the stats page and seeing some of the stuff. I mean, some of the numbers dudes are putting up right now. Like, I mean, Luca's averaging like 34, nine and eight and a half. I'm not saying he's going to win the MVP, but when you get, at some point, the statistical amassing of numbers has to matter. And Anthony Davis, you know, top six in blocks, number one in the league in rebounds, but He's 19th in points per game at 25, which is nothing to be ashamed of. But 
Um, yeah, I think the MVP thing is would be a long, long, long shot. But I agree with you on defensive player of the year, leading the league in rebounds, second in steals plus blocks, I believe, behind Victor Wembanyama. So you look at numbers like that, and uh, I think you 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 start to see where the case could be made for a guy like Anthony Eves, who all, who by the way has a reputation on the defensive side. So there doesn't need to be this yeah. huge narrative built. It's everybody understands the impact he can make. To your point, play the sixty-five games. I think you know he 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 has a real chance on that side. And you know what? I'll tell you this: it it would be a shame if he weren't to win one because I do think he has a case for being the best defender of this generation. And for him to to be that and not win an, a defensive player of the year would, and again, I understand the injuries and all of that, but it would be a shame. So I, I really do hope he, obviously it helps the Lakers a ton too, but I hope he at least hits that 65 game mark. Uh, so far, so good, but uh, long way to go still. Billy, Real quick on so that, don't... I was just looking on DraftKings, oh, yeah. odds yeah. for defensive player of the year. Anthony Davis is the number two in that one. Do you have a guess Behind... on who the favorite for defensive player of the year might be? Oh, uh, the favorite, right? Somebody minus 150. It's not Wembenyama. Okay. And it's uh, somebody in the chat. There's, there's somebody obvious. I, I think that I'm, that I'm missing on here. Defensive player of the year. Is it? It's a guy who's won him before. I believe. Oh, well, it's not Marcus smart. Uh, cause he hasn't played nearly enough. Is it uh is it because the, the Wolves defense has been so good? Is it Gobert? Ding ding ding. I believe it was it, it, Mixmaster Mike in the chat who nailed it. Gobert. So see, I, I have this for defensive player of the year. But it's interesting because you look at his stats and he's below Anthony Davis in blocks, just 2.2 blocks, and um below him in steals as well. So not that those are the only two numbers. There's advanced stats, I'm sure, that love Gobert, but there you go. You know, I, I think I've just got a negative perception of Gobert because when yeah. I think of him, I think of You're the trade alone. and everything the Wolves gave up. But but yes, the Wolves have been fantastic defensively. I'll tell you what, though, if it was me, and I'm biased in this, but if you told me you need a defensive player for the playoffs or for one game, I'm taking Anthony Davis over Gobert yeah. by a lot. Yeah, by a lot. I'm with you. Gobert, by the way, three-time defensive player of the year, 2018, 19, and 21 defensive player of the year. I mean, he's he's good. He's a good player. No, no, no. Yeah, for sure. But, but I'm with you. Anthony Davis is, yeah. deserves it more this year for sure. Yeah. Uh, Billy said, don't fall for it. Terrible start again. Would have cost us against a good team. We've gotten blown out by every contender. Let's beat the Wolves on Saturday. Yes, beating the Wolves on Saturday would, would mean more than this win would. But this is still, this is what you need to do against, a, against the Hornets of the world. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I was looking at the the play-by-play. The Lakers were down by six with four minutes to go in the second quarter. So that just gives you kind of how tight of a game this was. They built that to a one-point lead at halftime, but... Um, yeah, I mean, if th- that's what happened against Boston, right? Like it's the same story just against the team mm-hmm. that was able to step on their throats a little bit. Minnesota will definitely punish them. And heck, even New Orleans would punish them if they came out and played like this. Yeah, they, they've got to be better off the jump. And some of that will come down to that that starting lineup. In fact, Mamba Mentality said the lineup looked a little better. Temporary quick fix. Rui should stay in the starting five. Now the question is Vando or Cam. Personally, I like Vando. He can guard one through four. Cam would be the Vando off the bench. So if you want to stick with this all guard thing, he's saying go uh, with Torian Prince, go with either Cam or or Vando, Rui, LeBron, AD. Um, I would, I mean, it gives you a little bit more on the offensive side than if you're playing both Cam and Vando. And I think you could make an argument for either one because he's healthy and, well, healthier, and Cam just missed a game because of an injury. I think you got to go Vando. But I don't I think that that's the better way to do it if you are sold on this whole we're not going to have any guards on the floor thing. If it's Cam and Vando and Torrey Prince, I just feel like it's not enough offensive punch. Yeah. I'd probably I, I think Vando is probably a better player than Cam in that group. I would probably take Reddish just because I mean we were joking. Vando hit his first three of the season today. He was 0 for his first 10 <laughs> across in, in his 11th game. So at least Reddish gives you the threat of somebody who could stand out there and shoot more so than Vando. So in, in that group, particularly if we're going no guards, 
I would say Vando and throw him alongside Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell in the second unit. And not to say that I like Reddish more than Vando, but from a fit perspective. Sure. Fit. And then in terms of what the trickle down effect is on the rest of the lineup. Uh, Good guy said, what injury is Sean Anthony Davis out with? He is not out with an injury. He's actually, he told told me about this a long time ago. He's coaching his, uh, his team and he is out of town to do that. So that's, that's where he's at. That's why Sean is not. That also means there's going to be no post post game show um, tonight for this one. All right, let's do one more and then we'll get into everybody's favorite segment. The master lock of the night. Asa Hartz said Schroeder and Pirtle. So the Raptors, by the way, who just sent Dennis Schroeder to the bench, the Raptors, uh, Schroeder and Pirtle for D'Lo, Gabe Vincent, Christian Wood, and a first. Uh, Jakob Pirtle is a guy that I I like a lot. Uh, I need to see exactly what he's putting up this season, but he's a big that could certainly fill uh, the void that you've got there. He could be a backup for Anthony Davis. He could be a guy who could play for you as well. He's got uh, play alongside AD for some stretches. 11 points, 8 boards, uh, 1.1 blocks in 26 minutes per game is Jakob Pirtle right now. Uh, shooting just 51% from the free throw line, which obviously that's not great, but 70% from the field. So uh, bottom line, this deal, I think if I, I think I would do this deal without the first, like if you want to tell me that's a second or something, sure. But like Pirtle's not setting the world on fire. I got to double check. He's still got a big contract too. Uh, Schroeder's contract, I believe is one year shorter than Gabe Vincent. So let me pull up the Raptors salaries just to double check. But my my first thought is, and I know people just see Gabe Vincent as a throw in and he's nothing in the deal, but I don't know if I'd want to add in a first into this. When it's interesting, because Pirtle just got traded for a first round pick 10 months ago. So right. first it was a first rounder and two seconds, Ken Birch going back um, to San Antonio. So that's the tricky part is a lot of these guys that you hear in trade rumors, uh, Donovan Mitchell's name's been brought up, not with the Lakers necessarily, DeJounte Murray. You have to keep in mind that the team that is trading them has in them what they paid. You know, like it's like if you go out to the store and pay $175 for a jacket and then a year later, somebody says, I'll give you 60 bucks for that. You can't escape the fact that you paid 175, even though it might be worth 60 today. You know, so I I think that's going to be the tricky part. Um, if we're being honest, if you're trading away guys to a team that that maybe is not trying to win, like D'Angelo Russell's not going to be viewed as an asset by that team. Christian Wood's not going to be viewed as an asset by that team. Gabe Vincent, maybe, like depending on what their view is, the contract that mm-hmm. he just signed. So I think that would be the tricky part is Schroeder and Pirtle. Like if, if they're trying to get an asset back, the first is probably the only asset that's in this trade from their point of view, right? Like I know from the Lakers perspective, we see value in D'Angelo Russell, Christian Wood, Gabe Vincent. But if you're a Raptors team that's trading away Schroeder and Pirtle, you're probably not looking for those types of players. Do you agree? Yeah, I mean, the, the Raptors, they still have Scotty Barnes. You still have, you know, you've got Gary Trent. You've got OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. But if they do a, undergo a big teardown, then yeah, yeah. What, is, what do you want with D'Angelo Russell? What do you want with some of these guys? But uh, Dennis Schroeder, two years under contract, so just one year after this one, $13 million. So that helps you out a little bit there. But Jakob Pertl, $19.5 million for four straight seasons, including this one. Uh, player option on the last one. That's maybe a little bit higher than I would like to see on that, that Pertl contract, but that's not bad. That's not bad, yeah. and you've got a cost-controlled salary there. 
But I'll tell you my, my biggest problem. It's not necessarily that the value is, is bad in this deal. It's that this is it, right? Yeah, if you're going to trade that first, this you, you can do that one time. So yeah. is this the move? And I like Dennis Schroeder. I think this team could use Dennis Schroeder. I like Jakob Perdo. I think he'd be a nice backup big for the Lakers. Maybe you could play him alongside AD for some, some stretches. I think he's an upgrade over what the Lakers have now. So you check a couple boxes. But is this the move that puts you to a championship? Yeah. And that's where I, it's falling short for me. And that's the problem, right? I can't retrade D'Angelo Russell again. I can't trade that contract again. Gabe Vincent, I can't trade that contract again. And if you're getting Schroeder and Pirtle, it's probably not to flip them into another deal. So this is your move then. And I don't know that this is it, that this, I think this makes a difference. Does it make enough of a difference towards it to the point where it propels the Lakers to a title? Probably not. So that's where I'm waiting to find something else that I think can do that. Yeah. And, and I think the devil's advocate would just be like, do the Lakers actually have the assets to make the type of move that does make them a championship contender? Like, you know, um, we'd all like to think the Lakers could do better than Schroeder and Pirtle. Um, but as I've just looked at the guys that are out there, what the cost of those players are going to be. And and to the point that we've talked about a little bit, like that first round pick is kind of the only trade asset that the Lakers have. And mm -hmm. it's not what is it? A 2029 first. Is that right? Yeah. 2029 first. Now this summer, some extra future first will become available to trade because everything moves out a little bit farther, but yeah, that's where we're at. So that's the tricky part is just with the assets that they have, unless Max Christie, JHS can sort of create some value for themselves. Um, I, I just, I don't know that the sort of the championship swinging move is out there would, would be, that's the, that's the devil's advocate, I guess. I'm sure. not saying exactly where, I don't know exactly where I land, but I, I think that's a, a fair question to ask. Yeah, no, I mean, are you getting the exact piece that's going to put you over the top for yeah. what you have to offer? And that's and that's a, a good question. That's a good yeah. question. And I don't know that that answer is yes. You could maybe stack up multiple deals. But again, if you do, if you do something like this, like if you were to tell me it's two seconds. Yeah. OK, because then I've still got that first to burn in some kind you of other deal. Right. That makes it a little like bit it. easier. Right. Yeah. OK, let's get into this. Everybody's favorite segment of the night. Let's vent a little bit. Master Lock of the Night. The Master Lock of the Night. We're taking whatever the most annoying thing from this game was, and we're putting it in the Master Lock. Our good buddy, Chris, the Masterpiece Masters, finishing hold in the wrestling ring. Chat, fire it off. What should get Master Lock from this game? Obviously, a blowout win for the Lakers. So we've got that to be happy about. But Jeff, what do you think gets the Master Lock from this one? So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit here and okay. I'm going to master lock the challenge system of the NBA. Austin oh. Reeves takes an elbow straight to the chin, straight to the chin and gets called for a foul. They review it and it stands as a foul. Makes no sense. Later in the game, the exact same play happens. Roles are reversed. Foul on the Lakers. Offensive foul. So I, I just hate I hate it. I hate that we review it. And then you watch it again and, oh, he got elbowed in the face. That's what happened. Foul on Austin Reeves. So I know it's not the biggest one and we're going to get to Darvin Ham in the lineup. We we beat that drum a little bit, but that was just sure. a, a slight irritation that I had tonight, Trevor. No, I agree that that inconsistency then we in that call, Austin Reeves, the referees decided that he fouled. Uh, I believe it was Miles Bridges. Uh, yes. He fouled 
his elbow with his with Austin's chin. Yeah, yeah. Austin Reeves somehow fouled his elbow with his chin. That was that was the decision that the officials made. Um, or no, it was Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller's elbow, uh, and that was the that was the call. And then the same call, yeah. the in the second half, it was Max Christie in it, and Max. And I think offensive foul was the right call, but Max gets called yeah. for the offensive foul when it didn't go the other way. So I agree, and I think the challenge system. You're right. You never know. I mean, what appears to be plain and obvious on video, and again, I'm yeah. biased, but when you see the replay, it appears like it should go a certain way. And you just don't know. You never know uh, which way the call is going to go, even when we can slow it down, look at it over and over again. You just still have that inconsistency in there. So that's a good one. That's a good one. I've got a lot of people saying Darvin Ham. I have a lot of people saying Dylan Brooks, who gets the honorary master lock every game, regardless of who the Lakers are trading. But I am going with James Booknight yeah. for hitting the three that robbed Lakers fans of tacos. That's the right. game is over. He didn't need to shoot. He pulls up and drains a three to put the Hornets at 112 points and keep fans from getting their tacos. That's just spiteful. That's just mean. Don't take tacos away from anybody. Not nice. So I think yeah. that gets the master lock for me. And and look, on honorable mention here, the one that's we've been talking about all night, the sure. only reason it's not, is the starting lineup in Darvin Ham and the decision to once again, first it's Cam Reddish, now it's Rui Hachimura. They just the refusal to put Austin Reeves in the starting lineup to play a guard in there. I see lots of people in the chat going with Darvin Ham, and we're not disagreeing with you. We're just kind of yeah. throwing out some other options before we land on what is probably the most consequential of all the options out there. Yeah, the, it's the starting five. I mean, that's the that's the biggest concern, of course, moving forward. Um, as irritating as the the elbow foul is and and the no tacos and all of that, but uh, the starting lineup, I think, is the biggest concern. That's the biggest yeah. concern uh, right now is William Scott, who's a channel member, uh, mentioned. By the way, if you guys want to check out the channel membership program, you can click that join button, see all the extra perks that we do offer to our channel members. Um, yeah, that's... I still, I hope that we see a, a shift in the starting five in a, in a positive way. But um, right now, it seems like Darvin Ham is, is stuck with um, uh, with what they're doing. Uh, let's see. Let's get to this one. Soy Saucy. Was it a good win or the Hornets just sucked? Said good defense, though. Austin Reeves is him. Christie needs to play more. That hop is insane, and he can really shoot. Christian would, too. Nice to see JHS. But... Uh, dang, that 18th pick was good. All right, so let's start with, uh, is this a good win or are the Hornets just a bad team? I think it's both because this is what yeah. you need to do to bad teams. But yes, the Hornets are also bad, right? That's that's part of this. Yeah, I, I mean, you're supposed to beat teams like the Hornets and it's a good win when you beat them by 25, 21, whatever the final score was. So the fact that they put it away, rested Anthony Davis and LeBron James, that makes it a good win, no matter how bad the opponent is in my book. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, as far as JHS versus all the other, all these other picks, I mean, look, for when JHS was picked, it was why wasn't it Cam Whitmore? Now it's why wasn't he Jaime Hawkins? Right. Why yeah. didn't you why didn't you pick somebody else? Uh, which is is always going to be the case with every draft pick. So if somebody picked after them is better, that that team's fan base is saying, Why, why did we not pick this guy? Yeah. Um uh, we don't know what JHS is or isn't going to be just yet. I know he hasn't looked good so far, but 
Uh, again, the Lakers have a really strong history in the draft. And so I just, I'm just going to give him time and see what yeah. happens, see what he turns into. Maybe he's just a trade chip. And let's face it, more often than not, that's what young players have been for the Lakers. Trade chips. They get moved. That's the way it goes. But um, do, if the Lakers could go back and do it all over again, would they pick Jaime Hawkins? Yeah, probably, considering he just put up 31 points the other night. They probably yeah. would. But that there's also reasons why they picked JHS. And if I'm the Lakers, if I'm a Lakers fan, right now I'm just trying to stay patient and wait and see what it is the JHS can turn into uh, for as long as he stays on the roster. Amen to everything you just said. I mean, look, Hawkes would if we're redoing the draft, Hawkes doesn't last to 18 either. So, sure. you know, that it's it's just the game they play. And I, you haven't seen anything out of JHS yet that makes it look terrible, right? Like maybe you haven't seen the the amount of playing time, you haven't seen the burst, you haven't seen the impact that you were hoping for. Um, so you know, it, just give it time, be patient. To Trevor's point, I think the the thing you would I would put in bold and underline is the Lakers have earned our trust from a drafting perspective. And so give them the benefit of the doubt, give them some time. Rookies take time to develop and uh, see what happens afterwards. All right. Sebastian said, good day from Australia. Well, welcome in from Australia. Uh, love the mindset switch. We can really compete with anyone when we're switched on just a matter of consistency. Yeah. I mean, we did see them really, really turn it on in the third quarter and, and go out there trying to put the Hornets away. Um, it's hard to do that every single Every single night. Part of that is you don't play the Hornets every single night, but still. Yeah. Um, I think there was a big letdown after the Lakers won the in-season tournament. Yeah. And now hopefully there's a little bit of a bounce back. I don't think they're going to go back to where they are playing, throwing everything into every game like they did in the tournament. And I don't think that's even what you want them to do just for rest sake and, and sustainability sake. But I'm hoping that there was a, a, a big drop and now we're going to get a little bit of a recovery here in terms of the energy, the effort, the yeah. how, the focus, whatever you want to call it. I hope we see a little bit of a rise across the board in all of those over the next month or so as they kind of recover from the natural uh, drop after the, the in-season tournament win. Yeah, and, and if, if we're trying to be optimistic about all the lineup stuff, maybe that's kind of part of it. Darvin Ham feels like, hey, let's get some fresh blood in the starting lineup. Let's get some guys that maybe are motivated, guys that want to earn their opportunity take advantage of a chance to start and maybe that's a spark that he's looking for you know again i'm not defending it i'm just trying to talk through what the mentality might be right right all right we've got uh we'll do a few more here nathan said why is hayes out there more than wood well you know what christian wood give him credit for staying ready uh jackson hayes in this game was not out there more than him he only yeah. played seven minutes christian wood got 23 and i've been saying christian wood is between the two i I'm pretty out on Jackson Hayes. I think he's okay. he's got way too many other issues going on where he can't he can't stay on the floor because he fouls too much. He makes way too many mistakes. Christian Wood was the guy I was hoping would get another look because I believed a bounce back was coming in terms of his three point shooting. He's not going to shoot three for three every single night. But before you go make a trade for a backup big, before you're dead set on we need to surrender serious assets to get a backup big, yeah. and I still think that's the case. I still think you could use another big. I think you needed to give Christian Wood another shot to really claim that role. I thought Jackson Hayes was given that opportunity. I don't think he's it. I want to see Christian Wood, if he's not shooting 28% or less from three, what does he look like? Tonight was a good start to that, and hopefully this is something that we see continue for the next month or so so he gets yeah. a real crack at, at being the true backup big. 
Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of what what you need in that moment, right? Like Christian Wood has deficiencies uh, defensively. It's not his strong suit. We know that. But what he gives you offensively from a three-point shooting perspective, in theory, is kind of exactly what the Lakers not only need this year, feels like they've needed for a few years out of their big man spot. And so, you know, I'm guessing there's going to be nights where they play some matchups a little bit and they feel like, well, we need a little bit more defense and rebounding tonight versus, hey, we need an offensive threat tonight. But with Gabe Vincent going to miss some time, you know, I know we're talking about guys that play dramatically different positions, but from a floor spacing perspective, they could find themselves needing more three-point shooting than previously, which would lend itself to uh, Christian Wood getting some more run. Mm-hmm. All right, let's let's go here. Armin said, Austin Reeves, Torian Prince, LeBron, Vando, AD, D'Lo, Max, Rui, and Wood off the bench. So that's the starting five that they're putting out Got there. It. And I'm in agreement. That would probably yeah. be, if I had to pick one, that would probably be my starting five as well. Um, I just I think the starting five needs a guard out there. I yeah. don't I, I don't know. To me, it's it's crazy. It's crazy that they're you're there's a reason why teams have guards on the floor. There's a reason why teams continue to play this way. And it's not like you've stumbled upon something that everybody else was just missing and oh my gosh, just play all the wings. If they had another wing that could handle the ball like a guard and could do those things, great, play the wings. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but you don't. You're asking, you know, Darvin Ham had the quote the other day where he's, you know, he was kind of went after Cam and Vando for not attacking more off the dribble because that's not what they do. They're yeah. not, they're not guards. Like you can't have your offense hinge upon wings doing things that you need guards to do and you're not putting guards on the floor. So uh, this is also what I would do. This is what I would go with. Um, I hope, again, I've said it before. I hope I'm wrong. I hope this lineup works great for the Lakers. I hope this forges a new path for them and everything works out great. But if it's me, I'm going to this lineup and uh, and that's what I'm running. Yep. No, I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, when the Lakers have needed, if the Lakers needed a bucket, if there were six minutes left in a close game, I think this is the lineup that you would see, which I think tells you everything that you kind of need to know about yeah. who the Lakers best five is. And maybe it's Rui out there instead of, Vanderbilt, you know, in that situation or instead of Prince, depending on the matchup. But um, I, I'm I'm in agreement with you and with Armin on this one. All right. We'll wrap up with this. Soy Saucy said Austin Reeves wraparound was insane. Oh, that behind the back. Woo. Yeah, that was nice. Austin was pulling off some stuff in this one. Uh, if Christie would have made that two handed dunk, he would have been it would have been the dunk of the year. He really did go for that. Uh, hope you guys had a great holiday. Love all the work you guys uh all the work, you guys, though, Trev, let's go Lakers. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Thank you. I uh, truly do uh, appreciate that. But Austin, he was in his bag in this one. It was great to see. You could tell the guys once they were up by so much, they were just kind of playing loose, playing free. And Austin was able to show off a little bit. And, uh, and I, I thought he showed just how good his dribbling can be and how skillful he really is with the, the behind the back, the crossover into a behind the back. And then, of course, the hit ahead pass to the behind the back layup absolutely incredible stuff from him and there are moments where people say he looks like Manu Ginobili I think we saw a few of those in, in this game tonight yeah he's really really good and I mean there's all these trade rumors being speculated in the Lakers and one of the things that always comes down to is would you trade Austin Reeves dot 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 and there's yeah. nights like tonight where you just see the fit and I'm not saying I wouldn't trade him for anybody I don't think he's one of the top 25 players in the league but he's really, really good at basketball. He fits perfectly alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. He's earned their trust, and 
he's on a really affordable contract. Those are the types of guys that the Lakers need and to keep around. And he's not afraid of the big moment either. So, you know, games like this, I'm glad to see him sort of just continue to thrive, continue to flourish, build confidence. And uh, the Lakers are lucky to have him. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be a big question is, do you trade? Do you consider trading Austin Reeves? I was on the no side when it comes to that DeJounte Murray trade, but uh, but we'll see because that's who everybody, every team that talks to the Lakers, they're going to say, what about Austin? They're going to try yeah. to get him in a trade. And so it's going to be on the Lakers to figure out exactly where you draw the line there. But yeah. Jeff, this was uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for thanks for jumping on here. And, and always a blast when the Lakers get a stress-free win as well. Totally, totally. I'm two for two. They beat the Thunder comfortably a few nights ago, and now we're back tonight. So always appreciate the invite, Trevor. You know how much I respect everything that you do and how much I love what you guys have going on over here. So appreciate the opportunity to fill in and uh, be a part of what you got going on. Well, thank you, man. I, I certainly appreciate doing that. And everybody, if you are a Dodgers fan or even just a baseball person, go check out Dodger Blue. You can find Jeff over there, the Dodger Blue YouTube channel. They do a great job breaking down everything. And the Dodgers, they've made eh, just just a little bit of noise this yeah, uh, this, this winter. So, yeah, they, they, it's been pretty quiet, pretty sleepy over there. But, but still, go check them out because Jeff does a great job covering that team. I can't, gosh. I, I don't know if I've been as, as excited for a baseball season as I am right. this one. So I, I can't wait. I can't wait. And you've got to be just jumping out of your skin, waiting for the Dodgers to finally get back out there. You know, spending a billion dollars, 1.2 billion, I think is actually closer to the real number. That'll do it to you. But it's been a lot of fun. I mean, folks, if you if you haven't been over, check it out. Uh, one thing that's been fun is just the Otani Yamamoto wave of viewers and interaction mm -hmm. that we're getting from folks over in Japan has been an absolute blast. I know you guys have an international presence with yeah. Lakers Nation already, so kind of fun to see that trickling down to uh, to Dodger Blue. So Dodger Blue 1958 on YouTube, um, Dodger Heads Podcast, where you get your podcast. We'd love to, to have you join us. Go check them out, everybody. All right. Thank you for joining us. Lakers get the big win over the Hornets, the blowout victory. Now they head out on the road. Saturday, taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Sunday against the New Orleans Pelicans. A couple of big, tough games ahead for the Lakers. So make sure you keep it tuned to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications. And don't forget, hit that subscribe button. Till next time, everybody. See ya. And stay safe.